Mackenzie Johnston with Cattle News Central, bringing you your April 29th cattle industry headlines. Brought to you by 4T Ag Insurance, your go-to contractor for ag insurance. The folks at 4T Ag are dedicated to providing you with inside information and alternative risk solutions that are custom fit to your business and personal needs. They offer both crop and drought insurance, and they also offer LRPs for both fed and feeder cattle. If you'd like more information, head on over to www.4tag.net. That is the number four, tag.net. We are also sponsored by American Beef Producer Magazine. They offer a plethora of articles within their magazine. They offer, excuse me, they also feature award-winning photography. And at the end of the day, they just put out a second to none ag publication. If you guys have not already checked out some of their issues, I encourage you all to do so. If you'd like to do that, go ahead and click on the American Beef Producer link above in the caption. That's going to take you over to their Facebook page where you can do just that. They also have a new campaign titled Real Beef Made from Plants. Over here in the left-hand corner, you can see some of the attire that they are currently selling. Basically, what they are doing, they are just promoting the wholesome product that we produce here in the beef industry. Um, if you would like to check out what they have for sale, head on over to abp.mag. Over there, you can uh, shop and buy all the attire that you want. You can also get subscribed to the magazine. American Beef Producer Magazine, guiding beef producers for over 25 years. And finally, Ag Risk Advisors. They provide risk management programs to livestock producers all across the West. Whether you are concerned about price or weather risk, Ag Risk Advisors, they are here to help. With current day market fluctuations, you and I both know there is nothing more important than locking in a price floor on your cattle. So if you would like to learn more about an LRP, go ahead and reach out to an advisor today. So the House Ag Committee, they held a hearing on Wednesday, a day after the Senate held their hearing on Tuesday. Um, the House, they discussed price discrepancies in the cattle markets. Hopefully a few of you had an opportunity to tune into this hearing. It was quite lengthy, uh, about four hours, I'd say. Um, so in this hearing, there were two panels. The first panel uh, was a set of producers and the second panel, it was the CEOs of our big four packers. The producers included Koi Young, a cow-calf producer from Missouri, Don Scheifelbein, of course, he is NCBA's president and he is a cow producer from up in Minnesota, and then Gil Stockton, he is a rancher from up in Montana. When it came to the Packers, I found it interesting that only one of the CEOs showed up in person. That was National Beef's CEO. It's great to see that one of our Packers have, um, have enough backbone to actually send their CEO to a hearing. The other three, they just called in on a Zoom call. So I think it's fair to say that during the first part of the hearing with the producers, Scheifelbein, he stole the show. He was much more polished and much more vocal about what he thought was going on in the industry and basically what NCBA stands for. He seemed a lot more understanding and opinionated and uh, basically, like I said, just outspoken when he was asked questions. One thing that he did not, one thing that he did do that was far from respectable is that he lied about NCBA's 75% plan. He referred to it as a great success, which we all know uh, it was an utter failure. Regardless of him lying about this, though, all eyes were on Scheifelbein. And because of this, uh, a lot of questions came his way. And he was essentially able to put out NCBA's policy and their agenda and 
basically really advocate for that cattle organization. And I'd say it was a win for all those opposing the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act, which is very unfortunate. During the second part of the hearing with the Packer CEOs, right off the bat, House Ag Chair uh, David Scott, he asked all the CEOs to be sworn in under oath, and this is what he did with the producers also, but this is not something that is done regularly at a hearing. During this hearing in the House, uh, one of the representatives, I believe he was from California, he asked Scott, why are we doing this? This is not normal, and Scott just reiterated the fact of how important this hearing this hearing is. So. After Scott swore in the Packers, he went on to talk about Packer margins increasing from 2015 to, to current day. He displayed a graph showing the difference between the cost Packers pay for cattle and the wholesale prices they receive for beef rapidly increasing from 2015 until today. Um, and after this, he asked the CEOs if there was ever an agreement between the four companies to cooperate together on issues uh, impacting supply and uh, supply or pricing. Of course, all of the CEOs, they quickly spoke up and they said, no, this isn't happening. But the funny thing was JBS's CEO, he said, no, not that I'm aware of. These denials, they are significant considering that both Tyson and JBS recently settled federal price fixing charges brought by the DE, excuse me, brought by the DOJ relating to the poultry industry. JBS, they agreed to pay a $107.9 million fine in January after pleading guilty to accusations of increasing chicken prices and passing those costs on to consumers. Then there's Tyson. They agreed to pay $221.5 million to settle similar price fixing charge, price fixing charges. Uh, but they didn't admit to any wrongdoing. They were more so just like, you know, I want this situation behind me, but keep in mind, we never did anything wrong. They made sure that everyone knew that they never did anything wrong. Um, so again, I think it's humorous in a very dark way that these CEOs, they quickly responded, no, there was no corruption. There was no collusion. When we all know that they're, that it's on the, the writing is on the wall. This has happened. They have uh, taken part in this, in collusion and corruption in their poultry sector. Why would they not take part in it in their beef sector? It, it would be just as easy. Just as easy. I will say it was great to see representatives from both sides, both sides of the aisle grill the um, CEOs, uh, asking them to explain why their margins have grown substantially over the past six to seven years while cattle producers struggle to make a bet, make a buck. And we continue to see more and more producers drop out of the game every year. Despite this pressure, I did feel that the CEOs, they were let off the hook when it came down to it. Um, and they never gave a straight answer for why their margins are so hefty and cattle producers are struggling. So they, just continue to refer back to the pandemic, the cattle market being cyclical, labor shortages, inflation, and other factors, rather than addressing the fact that there has been anti-competitive behavior. But you and I both know they would never, they would never um, even touch that anti-competitive behavior happening. They always had some excuse to go back to. At the end of the day, they always had some excuse to go back to. 
They all claimed that they plan to do their best to provide markets for cattle producers to ensure ranchers can have profitable margins and stay in business and continue to plus continue to supply them with cattle. Some noteworthy statements made during the hearing by JBS's CEO, Tim Shellpepper. And keep in mind, these are not the only noteworthy statements that happened. This hearing, it was four hours, four hours long. There was a lot of interesting things that were said. And if you haven't gotten a chance to uh, take in the hearing, I encourage you all to do so. It, it was interesting. So Shell Pepper stated that his company is active in the cash market every day and they will compete for quality cattle however and wherever producers choose to sell them. Take note. He said uh, he said this towards the beginning of the hearing and then later on in the hearing, he reiterated the fact that his company is very active in the cash market. They purchase cattle from all sizes of cattle producers and they do so on all different platforms such as uh, in the sale barn, AMAs, video, video sales, etc. They're buying cattle everywhere, every way. Shell Pepper, he also, uh, he pushed the importance of AMAs. He talked about when he first got in the business back in the 1970s, before AMAs were on the scene. Cattle producers, they had no incentive to improve their genetics or feed their cattle better and essentially put out a better product. It was funny to hear him talk about this. It was almost as if he... He made it sound like cattle producers back in the 1970s before AMAs, they didn't give a dang about what product they were producing. They didn't care if their genetics were good or all that jazz. But once AMAs came on the scene, everything got better. Quality got better. And the reason we have such good cattle today is because of AMAs. And we've heard this line numerous times, and it is the biggest line of BS that I have heard. AMAs, they are not the reason we have such high quality cattle today. All of the CEOs, uh, they repeated time and time again that what is going on in our cattle industry is cyclical. There's nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. They stated that this happens almost every 10 years. And right now, what we're dealing with is the tide is about to change. The profits, they're about to swing back to the cattle producers. But here's the thing. If we go back 10 years, um, yeah, we were on the edge of getting some dang good prices. But let's keep in mind, those good prices, they lasted for two, two and a half years, I think, if, if I recall right. So if this cycle is 10 years long and cattle producers only get two good years out of 10 years, how do you make that sustainable? How do you continue to stay in business with that kind of cycle? So with all that being said, I really don't feel like there was anything groundbreaking that came out of either of these hearings. Um, the Senate hearing, I think it was very positive for legislation getting passed to possibly help our industry for the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act. I thought all of the folks that spoke um, gave their testimonies during that hearing. It was very strong testimonies and they did a great job. I feel the House hearing, it was a bit weaker when it came to the witness side. I do feel it was great to see the CEOs ask all kinds of questions. But again, they can weasel their way out of everything. We never got any new answers from them. Um, we did get them to lie under oath, but what does that matter if the DOJ doesn't go after them? You know, nothing, no one ever goes after them to straighten up. 
to 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 follow the laws. Um, it's good to it's good to have these hearings. Most definitely, it's good to have these hearings. Uh, sometimes I feel like it's the same old story over and over again, though. So this update, we are also sponsored by Circle 5 Cow School. Whether you're wanting to learn how to protect your own cows or start AIing, Circle 5 Cow School, they are definitely the way to go. Almost every week, they are hosting classes somewhere between Texas and Tennessee. If you would like to check out their schedule, head on over to circle5cowschool.com. That is the number five in there. Or you can go ahead and just give them a follow on Facebook. So one last thing I would like to touch on before I let you guys go. Um, during the Senate hearing that took place on Tuesday, I don't believe I touched on this on my last update. <clears throat> According to Senator Deb Fisher, cattle producers here in Nebraska were too afraid of retribution to appear before Congress and testify about Packer consolidation. Chairman Scott, he also talked about a witness that was supposed to be at the House hearing, um, but he chose not to show up and give a testimony because he was scared of retaliation by the Packers. How sad is it that here in Nebraska, we are known as the beef state, but we don't have producers. We don't have feeders that are able to say anything about the Packers because they are worried how it will hurt their livelihood. And I do not blame them one bit. Let me, let me say that if I were them, I would do the same thing because most likely a lot of these feeders, they probably only got maybe one or two bids on their cattle. And what if they said something wrong and they got no bids on their cattle? So I totally understand why they are doing what they are doing, but it just shows the reality of our industry, how bad things have gotten. It shows that at the end of the day, the Packers, they are nothing short of the mafia. The fact that producers are scared to speak up should be enough for everyone in our industry, everyone in Congress to realize that something needs to change and it needs to change soon. Um, how how bad things have gotten if you know if if we don't get something changed now it's just going to continue to get worse and that leads me to my next point and i will touch on this and i will let you guys go but the cattle price discovery and transparency act it's not perfect but i this is this is a starting point and if you do not agree with it, I respect your opinion, but do not be out there spreading false information about this legislation. If you don't agree with it, focus on a different solution and advocate for that. Quit putting your effort towards running this piece of legislation into the ground. How, how wasteful is that? How wasteful is that? We have a piece of legislation that is at a starting point that we have the chance to get past. And so many in the industry would just rather complain and see things continue to go the way that they have been going for however many years. If we don't get this passed, nothing will get passed. I've said it once, I'll say it again, and I bet I say it again at some point. But it it just it's hard for me to see all the bickering happening. And so many people would rather just tear down this piece of legislation than work for something that they find suitable. Put your efforts efforts towards something positive for once. Just give it a go and see how it works out. 
With that, that is all I have for you guys this morning. I will be back on Friday evening with one more news update. I feel we had so much focus this week on these hearings that there were a lot of news stories that got passed over. So I will do a little bit more of a weekly, uh, a weekly wrap up that will not be about these hearings. So it'll probably be um, a little bit more positive, I guess you say, uh, Friday evening. So stay tuned for that. Um, I hope some of you folks get some rain tonight here, excuse me, some rain, uh, yeah, here on Thursday evening. Um, we're supposed to get some tonight into tomorrow and over the weekend. So fingers crossed that actually happens. You guys have yourself a wonderful day on Friday. I'll catch you later.